1: Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
2: Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon?
0: You must be talking about Wright brand bacon Mm -hmm. because they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's
2: thick cut, hand trimmed and real would smoke real and you could tell so why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff that's right and if you're looking to upgrade any meal any meal try right brand bacon that's called right brand bacon you won't regret it experience bacon the right way you
3: are listening to the dan patrick show on fox sports radio made it to a friday not fully assembled fritzy's not here hope you're having a great day stay as long as you like we'll leave the light on for you 877-3DP-SHOW, Operator Tyler standing by, and it is a meat Friday, and we have one item that will be on the flat-top Traeger's Philly cheesesteaks. Hell
0: yeah. Who has it better Let's than go. we do? No. No. Nobody. Nobody. Wow.
3: Nobody. Man, I am stoked about that. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Also, uh, we'll get to phone calls. We got uh, emails, tweets, all that coming up. We got our play of the day, stat of the day, poll question as well. And it's Marvin's Cookout playlist today. What did we uh, end up with here, Marvin?
4: I thought it was Southern Rock, but
3: Yacht, Yacht Rock Yacht made Rock, a comeback. Rock. Okay. Wow. Yacht Rock is the uh, music of choice today. Mm. Yep, and that won't be on the playlist. Yeah. It won't? No. Oh, my god! I'm going to guess you're going to lead us off with Christopher Cross coming up in about 20 minutes from now. You don't know that. I don't know that.
4: Okay, but you're probably
3: right. All right. That's how
0: you start off with like Yacht how Rock. How can you be any more Yacht Rock than a song called Sailing,
3: right? right. I right. mean, that's yeah. like the ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Yacht Rock all day, at least all for day. the next three hours here. And man. all night. Okay. Massive comeback in the overnight. Yeah. Massive. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. They were talking about it on the NBA draft last night, the, the <laughs> great comeback of Yacht Rock over Southern Rock. <laughs> all right. uh Seton, we'll have a poll question coming up. Uh, Jamal Crawford, former sixth man of the year working for NBA TV, will join us coming up a little bit later on. Uh, draft kind of went as scripted. I think you go into it, you know some players. Most of the players we knew didn't play in, uh, in college basketball. Or if they did, they didn't get drafted. They got drafted lower than they probably thought they were going to. Uh, Victor Wembayama, you thought that he was going to go number one overall, which he did. Best prospect since LeBron James. A capable shooter, impact defender. He's a unicorn. He's got Greg Popovich. Here's Pop getting the uh, opportunity to coach yet another once-in-a-lifetime player.
5: Because of all the hype, he'll have a target on his back. So more than O's and X's to begin with, we'll be most interested in setting a framework uh, in an environment where he's comfortable, where he can be Victor. Uh, he's not LeBron or Tim or Kobe or anybody else. He's Victor, and that's who we want him to be.
3: See, he said O's and X's. Yeah. That's what makes it different. He's He didn't give me an X's and O's. He gave me an O's and X's. Okay. Hmm. That's the mind game that Pop plays on you. And at age 74, it's like a guy who wants to close up his business. You know, he's 69 years of age, and he's thinking, "Eh, you know, time to write off in the sunset. All of a sudden, you're like, hey, boss, we got this unbelievable order. (laughs) They want, you know, 100,000 widgets. We're back in business. Well, He's there for the long haul, feels like, with Victor Umbayama. Got a nice order from France. Yes, Eden. I love that Pop, though, immediately goes into
0: coach. But, hey, look, that, I mean, he just has a big target on his back, okay? So just before you guys think this is going to be
3: easy, okay, yeah. it's not. Yeah, you you want to uh, temper expectations there. <laughs> I get it, but that ain't going to happen. You can't, on one hand, have people tell me he's the best uh, prospect since LeBron, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, you know, slow down. Yes, You want people to slow down in their comparisons or what they expect, but that's not going to happen here. And, you know, pop gets overlooked with developing players. Tim Duncan was a great player out of Wake Forest. Uh, David Robinson was player of the year out of Navy. But you got Tony Parker, DeJounte Murray, uh, Manu Ginobili, Kawhi Leonard. He's done a good job at developing talent. You can win with Tim Duncan and or David Robinson, and you're going to win with Victor Wambayama. But to win a championship, that's where you have a Tony Parker, DeJounte Murray, Manu Ginobili, Kawhi Leonard. And Pop quietly developed those players. All right, see, what's the poll question we have? we got a
0: few options okay. here for you, uh, All right.
3: Paul just threw out who had the best week. Best week? Yes,
0: who had the best week? Uh, hmm. And the options that he has are Greg Popovich, Natch, yeah. Chris Paul,
3: Okay. That's a hell of a good week. Landing yeah. in a Golden State? Heck yeah. Well, dude. but he, he got traded to Washington, so that wasn't a good part of the week. No. And then now he gets... By the way, I mentioned this, oh, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago, where I had a source who said, hey, Golden State is interested in Chris Paul. And I'm thinking, how could that possibly work? And I mentioned it on the show. I didn't... I didn't buy into Golden State being interested in Chris Paul or didn't understand it. But my source said, hey, Golden State's interested in Chris Paul. And I go, okay. So I mentioned it on the show. And then I was told, if you're going to re-sign uh, Draymond Green, you have to get rid of Jordan Poole. So we talked about that as well. I thought, okay, you can't have Jordan Poole come back if you're going to have Draymond Green come back. Well, what happened? Jordan Poole gets traded for Chris Paul. So they wrapped it up nicely there with Golden State is interested in Chris Paul and not interested in Jordan Poole and interested in bringing Draymond Green back. That's what happened. But also, it frees them up from all the money they're going to owe Jordan Poole. You bring Chris Paul in. Chris Paul is not going to start, from what I'm told. He'll be that change-up where the, you know, the second unit comes in, and you got a true bonafide leader, Hall of Famer, and he's no, he's going to know his role. Because everybody said the same thing about Chris Paul. He can't shoot threes. No, no, he can't. That's not what he's there for. He'll give you mid-range jumpers, hopefully he stays healthy, and he's going to lead the second unit. And maybe he can get something out of Jonathan Kaminga and some of these other players. But Jordan Poole was not going to be there, from what I was told, that if Draymond was coming back, Jordan Poole wasn't going to be there, and that they were targeting Chris Paul. Chris Paul, I think this is the sixth team he's been on. And and so he didn't play for the Lakers when he got traded, and then they rescinded that deal, and then he didn't play for Washington. And uh, do I have that right? Six teams for Chris Paul?
2: Well, if you look, at, he's on New Orleans Pelicans. Clippers, Phoenix, Houston, OKC. Well, he was a New Orleans Hornet. Right. He, t- he played for two different New Orleans franchises, mascots at least. Clippers, Phoenix, Houston, OKC. He was a never lost a game as a Wizard, and now he's a... Uh,
3: okay, how many first ballot Hall of Famers have played for that many teams? Yes, Mark. Shaq Played for the Lakers, Heat, Celtics, Cavs. Mm-hmm. Did I leave out one?
2: Yeah, Cleveland, Boston, Phoenix, Miami, Orlando, oh, Phoenix, oh, Orlando, Lakers. oh,
3: yes, right, Orlando. Okay, Hey, so Shaq played for that many teams, but Chris Paul going to Golden State, I I get it, sort of. You know, it's one of those I got to watch it. I got to see how it 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 comes out. Like you're going, okay, yeah. You know, it's like when we suggested Russell Westbrook should come off the bench to lead the second team and then he's like no I'm not going to be coming off the bench and then he eventually came off the bench and then he found his role. Chris Paul you've been star- a starter your entire career and now your job is go- going to be to come off the bench and lead the second team with Golden State. Yes, see uh, Luka. Chris
0: Paul p- played 6 seasons for the Hornets and they paid him 44 million dollars in those 6 seasons. Yeah. He did one at Oklahoma City and they paid him 36. Oh. <laughs> Dang.
3: Wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, I feel bad for Jordan Poole. You get punched and you end up with Washington. They shipped him Ooh. out. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. question? Oh, what's the pull question?
2: Which is worse getting punched in the face by a teammate being shipped to Washington <laughs> to play basketball? Punch in the face is over in like five minutes. He got both. Yeah. I'd much rather get punched in the face.
3: I think I'd take the punch because I was getting paid and I got to play with Golden State. Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. That's a miserable year. The Wizards, that's a punch in the face every day. That
0: you <laughs> Draymond <show>. Green knocked <laughs> his teammate out. Yeah. And they were like, all right, teammate, see you later. We got to get rid of that we guy. We got to get rid of you. Got to get rid of the guy. That guy's got to be able to take a better punch. That is, if you thought Draymond Green was insufferable before. <laughs> oh, he's got to be. Oh, my God. And now Chris uh, Paul's going to be added into the mix? Oh, man. <laughs> You are not gonna win.
3: Yeah. Oh boy. Good luck. Who punches who first? Oh boy. Oh boy. All right, we'll get to phone calls coming up. H 3 DP show email address dp Twitter handle at DP show. Yes, Seton O'Connor. We got some other options for who oh, had the best okay. week, weekday. All right. Uh Christoph Sprzingis.
0: He had a good yeah. week. All right. He's yeah. gonna get to play some meaningful basketball.
3: Yeah. He had a good he had a good week. That works.
0: Yeah. Um this is an interesting one. Deion Sanders,
2: yeah, got a blood clot.
0: I don't know if it's
2: if it's a good week yet. Yeah, Paulie, it feels like a really good week. The headline is Deion Sanders won't need foot amputated. That's a great headline. Anytime that's the headline surrounding you, because that means it, it was in play. So he he has blood clots in his legs, and and what one of the things was in play earlier this week, Deion Sanders talked about. Was they might need his left foot amputated. Yeah. The doctors say there's no talk of amputation at this time, and they're going to work on his blood flow issues with out the blood clots. If you go into the week thinking you might lose your left foot, at the end of the week you think you might not, that's a hell of a week.
0: See, I just feel like I don't know that he's completely
3: 100% keeping his foot. Yeah, it's wild. I remember a couple of years ago when he took off his sock and he showed us his foot. And it was it was mangled.
0: He did I mean Dion said right now they're not talking about amputation, yeah. but jeepers, yeah, creepers.
3: Yeah. Yeah, Smart.
4: I remember meeting Dion Sanders at Thursday Night Football when I was working and seeing his fingers, his hands, those are mangled too, and I was like, Man, if somebody was asking like, look, you know, your fingers. He was like, Oh, you thought I was just high stepping? Like, <laughs> like it was just one of those things where it's like, Man, these dudes, no matter what position you played, yeah, like Serious damage.
3: Well, that's why offensive linemen or defensive linemen would tape their fingers together. Mm. So it would cut down on the number of times it would get in somebody's helmet. And then all of a sudden they're mangled. And then, you know, you when, when your hand, you put up your hand and, and you could signal like a left turn signal, that's a bad thing. Yeah, Seton. I love that Dion, in like typical Dion
0: Sanders fashion, said uh, that he's just trying to get all this straight so that when he walks the s- sideline during games, he can walk his walk because he could talk his talk, but he needs to be able to walk his walk too.
3: <laughs> yeah, they never say walk your walk and limp your walk. Yeah, no. you know, limp your walk and talk it's your like, talk. If I can talk my talk, I need to be able to walk my walk too. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah you want your walk to be a choice yes. the way you walk.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That dude is great, man. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else on that list or any other poll questions here? Uh, no, then other.
0: Then other. Who had the best week? Uh, we do have, uh, Grady Dick's outfit last night was awesome or
3: awful. Very controversial. First thing I thought was, man, man you better be good, dude. Mm. You better be good. You know, I get it, Kansas, and he had, uh, you know, Dorothy's ruby red slippers. Uh, we're and, not in Kansas anymore. Yeah, I, yeah. And I got that. I I got that. Um, and uh you like the confidence? I I do and I think he's a guy who's going to be able to contribute right away. He's a really good shooter. And really that's what all you need. If if you can't do anything else, if you can shoot, then you're like, "All right, he can play." It and it didn't used to be that way. It's like, "Well, he can shoot, but can he uh, play defense? Can he do any of these other things?" Grady Dick can shoot. Uh but I whew. I like it where it's clean, where I I don't need to notice you until I need to notice you when you play basketball. Cuz that it let let's say it doesn't work out, then that's always going to be brought up, that outfit there. Because and and if he wore something just clean like, you know, Kansas blue and it was just crisp then nobody would talk about that. Now maybe he's like, i hey, "Man, how how many social, uh, how many likes did I get with social media?" Yes, he. I just I thought it was really clever. I really did. I thought it was real, like just like an extra layer
0: I, of I thinking think the,
3: that the shoes could have been Dorothy. I didn't could have done that. Yeah. I didn't because the the blazer looked like Liberace, and the shirt and the cut of it too yeah, was very
0: interesting. Yeah, yeah he could have just done the shoes, and that probably would have been okay. Yeah, it was clever though. It, I give him some points well, for that. Hey,
3: he got attention. Did he win the night? No. <laughs> Did he win the night? That's what I want to know. Yes, Marvin. Speaking of the draft, were you surprised
4: how many guys were emotional when they heard
3: their name called? Well, Victor Wambayama was. Almost like he was surprised. But I would think Greg Popovich would be emotional because he won the lottery. Not Victor Wambayama. But uh, yeah, I get it. I mean, you're. You're you're on camera. The build-up there, tension there, friends, family there. I mean, this coming from somebody who cries uh, opening an envelope. So uh, yes, I yes, mean,
0: yes. you did it. Right. Yeah, you did it. It's a it's a massive accomplishment. Even if you never play yeah. another a second in the NBA after this, you were drafted. You did it. You made it. It does your career is one thing. Hopefully, you go on to have a great career. But you you made it. You did it. Yeah, it's yep. a, it's unbelievable. Yes,
2: Paul. Going back to Grady Dick, I, I would say this: like, there's people out there now who know who he is, who don't like college sports, don't like college basketball. My daughter goes, "Who is this guy?" and she asked me. I explained he's a Kansas small forward, good shooter. She goes, "Oh, that's that's wild. That's fun." Now, she's eleven, but you know, he he'll probably get more people know who he is this morning because of the jacket, which is weird, but that's how it is.
3: Well, I want you to know me because I can play basketball, not because I have. But
2: he already, he can't do any more about that after his first year at Kansas. Like, Mm -hmm. he's, you know, marketing, all that kind of stuff, making side money. That's what these college kids are doing. And he started, I looked at his social media account. This is not new. He's been doing stuff like this all year at Kansas, trying to, you know, do comic bits and funny things Mm -hmm. and dance scenes with Mm -hmm. his uh, teammates. Mm
3: -hmm. If if, if he was my son, I would say, you know what, Lamba, we tone it down just a little bit there. Just a little bit. Maybe uh, Maybe we have some flavor with the shoes there is what I'd probably say. Yes, Marv? And then he says, I'm the breadwinner, so no. Oh, okay. All right. Well, he wouldn't be in my family. <laughs> so I'd still be able to say to him, hey, Grady, come here. Oh, my God. Come here.
0: How about we go with the shoes? I like that that one family, just within the span of about five minutes, got two millionaires in the family.
3: Oh, the Thompson twins, the, the twins. Yeah. All of a sudden, like, boom! We got two millionaires now. Let's go. No, no. And everybody made the same joke about the the uh, band, the Thompson twins. Ugh. Yeah, are not there weren't Doctor. there three people yeah. in the Thompson twins? And none of them
2: were named Thompson. Yeah, Amen and Asar Thompson. Yeah. I wonder if they are born in the same order that they were drafted. I would have liked that tidbit last night because mm. that doesn't one twin always be I'm one second older. I'm three minutes. It has to be. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yes, Mark.
4: So, if any of your kids got drafted last night in the NBA, yeah. you three guys, are you quitting the next day? Hell no. That's their job. I still got my job. You're the breadwinner, like you said. So. Yeah. No, but what if you hate your job? Not. Oh. We don't count. Regular Joe Schmo, I've been working at the.
3: No. The coal mine. You don't want to quit working. And it feels like you die when you quit working. What if I work for my son? No. You want, to, you want to continue to work every day. You sit around and you go, man, this is great. I'm on vacation. And then after about like four days, you're like, God, I'm bored. I'm working till I die. <laughs> <laughs>
2: is it going to be enough from 9 to noon Eastern?
3: Yeah, I will try to die on the air, Appreciate okay? Appreciate it. Because that's content.
2: So you're going wall to wall. Yes. And final uh, hour if you can, because that would be much better.
3: Maybe a meet Friday. Yeah. Yes. If you yeah, okay. Maybe a meet Friday. I'm buying that new car. Yeah. Like I wanted to. How about we take a break here? We'll settle on our poll question. And uh, once again, it's yacht rock today. Yeah. All yacht rock all the time today. You asked for it. You got it. Be, ca- <laughs> be careful what you're asking for on this program. Back after this, Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app.
4: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. And Monopoly Go...
3: Fewer calories, fewer carbs, that premium regular beer.
1: Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
3: Not enough flute in music
0: these days.
1: Jamal
3: Crawford's got his headphones on, listening to the music. Uh, Boz Skaggs, not a bad uh, vibe there. What do you think?
6: I love it. That song, it's it's amazing. When you listen to music like that, I wonder if he knew that we'd still be playing it 20, 30 years later. You know what I mean? So I I think it was great.
3: What kind of music would you listen to before a game?
6: You know what I used to do, Dan? I would listen to the same music I listened to in high school. So it could be Mariah Carey. It could be uh, Jay-Z. It could be Tupac. It could be anything I listened to at that moment because I want to be as free as I was on the court in high school in the NBA. So I try to put myself in that mindset.
3: Did you meet Mariah Carey?
6: I actually did meet Mariah Carey in New York when I was there. Uh, she came to a game, I believe, in my first year there, and met her. And I was like, "Wow!" Like I used to play you when I was in <laughs> high school. So it was it was, it, it was pretty cool for sure. But when's the
3: last time you remember, or first time you remember, like looking at somebody in the stands and going, "Damn, that's." Such and such.
6: Oh, the first time. Uh, I would say it's probably Q-Tip when I was with Chicago the Bulls and, and he told the story I was at a game and he was shocked. I was having a pretty good game and I'm taking the ball out of bounds right in front of him. I was like, oh, yeah, I love trackball questions, by the way, Q-Tip, you're the man. I threw the ball and he started cracking up laughing. He's like, how would you even know I was right there? I'm like, I'm always pretty in tune with who was there.
3: That's good stuff. All right, the official uh, introduction, Jamal Crawford, former sixth man of the year, NBA TV, one of our favorites here. Give me the expectation level you would have as a teammate of Victor Wambayama in San Antonio.
6: Well, it depends if I'm a veteran teammate or if I'm a younger teammate. You're a veteran. You know, if I'm a young – I'm a veteran. I, I would say, you know what, we've seen a lot of guys come in the league, uh, obviously not quite with the same amount of hype, but I will look at the, the good that he does. Obviously, he – He's a unicorn. Dan, have you seen anything like him?
3: No. I, I Ralph Sampson comes to mind.
6: That, yes, that's a good call. That's a good
3: call. yeah. So Ralph was similar, but he didn't have the handle or the range. But he he was a different seven four than we'd ever seen before in the league.
6: Yeah, he's like a combination of guys. And, and what I love is is when you talk to him or you listen to him, his focus is there. And I'm not sure he could have went to a better place in San Antonio. Obviously, Pop is the man and and having Duncan and Manu and Tony and David Robinson, all these great guys over the years, I'm sure have a great system in place uh, to develop. But If I'm a veteran guy, I'm going to say, young fella, we're going to put our head down, we're going to work. Don't let your highs get too high or your lows too low. This is We're just going to continue to work and continue to work and keep doing that. You'll be special.
3: But how do I use him on the court, on the offensive end?
6: I think he kind of determines that. What's he ready for? Is he ready to go on the perimeter? Is he ready to play out the mid post? Is he ready to handle the ball and pick and roll? I think that's how I'm looking at him because he's so unique with such a skill set. It's about which one's ahead of which first in the pros because it's going to be a little bit different for sure.
3: But also trying to figure this out that when I was growing up, if you were tall, don't even think about coming out to the perimeter. Now these guys all want to come out to the perimeter, but that leaves the lane. I mean, inside is open here. That these guys, it feels like those are easy twos you could have but I don't know if anybody wants easy twos anymore.
6: No, they want the easier three, right? It's funny, at my pro-am, I was sitting up watching up the top and I was looking down, and not one guy in the warm-ups, not even the big guys, <laughs> went there for a lift. They're all shooting jumpers down. I'm like, look look where the game is going now, right? Like, everybody wants to shoot the three ball and everybody can work on that. So I think it's appealing to, to the world. It's universally appealing.
3: But I wonder about this, though, Jamal. Are three-point shooters going to be like running backs in the NFL? that you can find them because everybody's going to be able to shoot that and then you can find running backs. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs had a seventh round draft pick uh, on their Super Bowl winning team. It, I just feel like the guy who can shoot the three, that's going to be commonplace and you'll be able to, you know, guy gets too much money or going to want too much money, move on, we'll find another
6: 3 and D guy. Right, right. That's a good question. But I really am interested to see if, the big man, right, will come back, or the going inside, or just not shooting threes, will come back after Denver's won it the way Joker and those guys did it. So it'll be interesting. Obviously, there's no Jokers out there, but I'm just interested to see if the game will will kind of revert back. You know, it's a copycat league.
3: Okay, but what would Shaq be doing now if he was coming out of college?
6: Uh, oh my goodness, Dan. Who's guarding? First off, you're probably putting like a power forward on him because there's no more true centers, very few, right? So yeah, Shaq would do whatever he wanted to do. I mean Kavan Looney is not going to shut down Shaq no no disrespect to Kavan but I'm not like he was already the most dominant in that physical era like in this era he would Shaq may even try to dust off some of his point guard skills from high school bring it up <laughs> drop it off and do a little bit of everything right yeah, because yeah. this is it's that it's that league now
3: yeah but I mean the league is built upon these big men Is Kareem going to be a three point shooter uh, Hakeem no. or David Robinson or I mean, run down the list of all these great big men who who made uh, their Hall of Fame names by playing inside.
6: Yes, and I would hope these GMs are smart enough to allow their guys to to play to their strengths, right? Like everybody should not be a three point shooter. It's not for everybody. We can't just say, okay, uh, you know, Dwight Howard late in his career, like you're going to start shooting threes. Like Ooh. no, you go dominate inside, right? And then we'll work out from there.
3: But then you have Brooke Lopez. Who didn't take threes? Who extended his career by being able to make threes?
6: Yeah, he, he's. I want to say he's an anomaly. I, I wouldn't want Shaq doing that. I definitely would not want. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I wouldn't want. Uh, oh my goodness, so many dominant guys in there like that can dominate. Tim Duncan. I wouldn't want him just stepping out shooting threes all the time. Yeah,
3: because he'd try to bank him. We're talking to Jamal Crawford, NBA TV. Give me, uh, tell me how it works with Chris Paul and Golden State.
6: That's a great question. Um, I think if they start him, I think he's he comes out early, kind of like he did in Houston. Uh, you know, probably comes out the five-minute mark, comes back in the second quarter and runs the second quarter unit as well. So he has a lot of second-unit guys around him with the ball is still in his hands. But now if you're Steph, you have two-point guards. And, and for Golden State, you have another thinker. You always want as many high-IQ thinking guys as possible, especially when you're a championship team like they are.
3: Yeah, I think he's going to come off the bench. I think he would be a great guy to have coming off the bench to help those younger players. I mean, they got to eventually Kaminga has to show me that he can take that next step. And I I, I wonder if Chris Paul, because I got to limit his minutes too, maybe around 25 minutes a night. Uh, I don't want him playing 32 minutes. I I, got to limit that. And then all of a sudden he leads the second wave. At least that would be the approach. But I'm also wondering about. And I was told these two things. Golden State was interested in Chris, and Draymond would not come back to Golden State if Jordan Poole was still there. Jordan Poole gets Mm. knocked out and then gets sent to Washington. That seems seems mean-spirited, Jamal.
6: (laughs) No, that that one I didn't see coming. I did not see that trade coming whatsoever. Like, I thought Jordan Poole was, you know, they committed to him. He just helped him win the championship the year before. Well, who would you keep? Would you keep Jordan Poole or you would keep Draymond? Well, it depends on what you need. I think for Golden State, Draymond is kind of more vital to their success just because he does such – he takes such responsibility being the point forward. Right? I'm not sure I've ever seen – well, I'm sure I have, but very few combinations have I ever seen that kind of needed each other as much with Steph and Draymond. So if it comes down to it, it has to be the Draymond-Steph thing. They have to kind of go together. And once he opted out, now it's like, okay – we definitely have to resign and we can't lose him. And, and that's where things start taking fold.
3: If Damian Lillard called you, yes, ask for advice. Have you talked to Dame Lillard? I have not talked okay. to him. Okay. If, if he reached out and said, We just got another younger guy. We keep getting younger. I'm getting older. I'm not going to be playing in big games. What advice would you give him?
6: I would tell him to stay the course. Uh, I think. Out of all the guys who are in the draft, I be- I truly believe Scoot, even though he's young, is the most NBA-ready physically, uh, most ready mentally. I did an interview with him and just hearing his, his answers and how he looks at things and how he approaches things. And I asked him, I said, so you, at 17 years old, your parents sent you across country. I said, that's a kudos to you and them, that they trust you enough to go there yeah. and that you're ready for that. Right, but so if I'm Dame, I'm saying, you know what, I'm going to give this young kid a chance. I know he's young. But if I go get another, let's say, all star, if he can bring the same kind of impact in year one, then maybe I can grow from here. But I'm not giving a lot of time. I'll probably give it half a season, see how it works out. And then I'm not getting younger from Dame. I'm ready to go win a championship.
3: Yeah. You know what's weird? What what
6: would you tell him, Dan? What would you tell him?
3: I would say, what is going to make you happy? Like you've given Portland everything. Yes. If you leave you come back they're going to give you a standing ovation. You know, it's not like Chris Paul when he leaves he comes back to New Orleans or Houston. You know, Dame is part of Portland's basketball landscape forever. But I want to know like what what is the joy that you're going to get now from playing basketball? And where are you going to get that joy? Cuz he can get 30 a night. But so what? You want I'd rather you got 25 and they were meaningful games. And th- that America yes. got, remember we fell in love with him because we got to see him on a big stage and he hit big shots? Yes. You, you know, I feel bad. It's like Mike Trout playing baseball. He got three playoff games against Kansas City. Hadn't played in any playoff games since then.
6: But Dan, is the ultimate win for him to say, you know what, I'm going to be viewed when this is all said, done, like a dirt, like a Steph Curry. In a league where it is such change that I'm the one pillar I have an opportunity to be the best player to ever play here, and I stayed here my whole career. Yeah, but they build around 20th.
3: Steph, and they build around Dirk. That's
6: the difference. If, if, that's a big difference. That's a big difference. And that that's where, you know, your head or your heart, which one are you are going to go with at that point, right? And that's with the battle at some point that he's going to approach if they don't change things fast.
3: And we don't value loyalty in sports, whether it's a player to a team or, you know, an owner or coach to a player – and Dame is giving you loyalty here, and somehow yes. we'll find fault in that. Like KG, when he was in Minnesota, it's like, dude, you know, you got to
6: get out. He should have left. Three, he should have left three years before, right? That's what we'll be saying at the time. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one.
3: But also, you played for what six teams, seven teams?
6: Well, nine if you count the one in the bubble too. You got to give me that one too. That bubble <laughs> game gave me a year in it, then it gave me a year. It gave me a year and another team for one game. Did you keep all your jerseys? No, I only have two in my house. Actually, I have uh, my Knicks one and my my Clippers one, and both teams traded me loyalty. I right? go figure.
3: <laughs> you played six minutes, I think, for Brooklyn, didn't you?
6: If I had five points, three <laughs> assists, in six minutes, Dan, and I had played 16 months. I said, you know what? This is still like it did right when I left 16 months ago.
3: Absolutely. You know, if we prorate that, you know, you're getting 37 oh, at night. I mean, you're killing
6: it. Yes. And I came back against the best team in the league at that time. I said, I don't want to come back against Orlando. I want Milwaukee. Jack Vaughn looked at me like I was crazy. He said, you sure you want them? I said, yes. So what's what's the worst? Said, no.
3: the worst way you found out you got traded?
6: Oh, the worst way, you know what, if you go back, the Knicks, actually, I was playing, we were in Milwaukee, and Mike D'Antonia just did a sit down interview with John Thompson, the late John Thompson, the rest of peace, on TNT, and they were talking, he was like, yeah, you know, Jamal could average, you know, 25 here, 30 here, whatever, he can be, you know, a great, great scorer. I'm in Milwaukee, shoot around. I hear a rumor, and I'm like, well, I, he just stopped averaging 25 or 30. There's no way. <laughs> I'm not playing in Milwaukee. He helped me out that night, Dan. That was it. It took me three days to recover from that one.
3: Well, no, no. I think he was saying you could average 25 a night, just not with Just his not team. here. Yeah, exactly.
6: <laughs> Just not here. Yeah. He said it. Yeah. yeah. He said in Golden State, you'll get more uh, shots to running up and down. So, yeah, that's what happened. That was shocking.
3: Hey, great to talk to you as always. Thanks for joining us. Uh, it's uh, LeBron played last year in your summer league. He did. Is he playing this year?
6: I don't know if he's playing this year, uh, but we will have some, some superstars playing this year, and hopefully. And even if he doesn't, he definitely helped the momentum with guys coming, superstars stepping up. So we'll see what happens.
3: Is that just he shows up and then you go, oh, damn, LeBron's here?
6: No, he actually texted me uh, okay. a little bit before. There was some people working behind the scenes. Absolutely. Shontay Murray was working behind the scenes. Cubs was working behind the scenes. So many guys kind of pushing it forward. And we had talked about it, and it just didn't add up. But timing was right. And he was excited. He, Dan, he was so excited. He wanted his jersey delivered uh, to the hotel like it was AAU. He, <laughs> won, he really wanted to put on a great show. So kudos to him for that.
3: Uh, thank you again, Jamal. Always great to talk to you. Thank you. That's uh, Jamal Crawford, so one of our favorites, NBA TV. This is Steve Cavino and Rich Davis, and
1: together we are Cavino and Rich. Cavino and Rich. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's right, Cavino and Rich. Fox Sports Radio's newest hit show. Heard weekdays from five to seven Eastern, two to four Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Every Covino and Rich show is available as a podcast. Just search Covino and Rich wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe. I'm such a rocking dude. The show features our unique take on sports, injected with some fun, humor, and relatability. Listen to Covino and Rich five days a week on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
6: Covino and Rich, give me a hell yeah. All
4: right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock.
0: And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers, you can trade with friends to compete.
1: Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
0: As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. All in one app with one password. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
3: Somebody uh, send me a note about Yacht Rock. A little fun fact from uh, Rick. Christopher Cross's debut album in 1981 won the Grammy for Album of the Year, beating out the likes of... Billy Joel's Glass House, Pink Floyd's The Wall. What? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What? And rightly so. (laughs) The Wall. Wow. I said Christopher Cross was a big deal in the early 80s. He was. All right, we'll get to phone calls coming up. Seth Greenberg, ESPN College basketball analyst, is set to join us via the phone. Seth, I know you're busy this morning. Thanks for joining us. Your big takeaway from last night's draft was what?
5: I think that, uh, well, first of all, look, the big takeaway is the biggest guy in the draft. Just you know, have, having seen him and you know, everyone talking about a generational, not only generational player, but a guy that might be the greatest, the most hyped player in the history of the NBA draft. But the big takeaway is, you know, interesting to me. Obviously, everyone's going to talk about, then I, uh, well, you know, you got the two guys from Overtime Elite. you got five guys from, uh, from NBA, uh, G League, Ignite. But you also got the rest of the dudes that are, you know, from college basketball. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that it's an opportunity for people to change their lives and how, how impressive the young people that we interviewed on radio after they got drafted blew me away. The maturity of these 18 and 19 and 20-year-old young people, uh, and their, their poised presence and appreciation for this stage of their life was blew me away. That was really my biggest takeaway, just how impressed I was with all the guys we visited with after they got drafted.
3: Give me the difference in international players from 30 years ago to 20 to 10 to now.
5: Well, the international basketball has taken over the NBA. I mean, it's, it's, and you know, here's the thing. The, the, the interesting thing is, is the – International system, those young people are coming and, and they're playing with men from day one. They're not enabled. They're held accountable from day one. When they're 16 years old or they're playing, you know, on their club team with with adults, they're treated as an adult, and they're held accountable as an adult. Where our system right now, uh, for just the way it is constructed, uh, these young kids are being recruited, uh, for their club teams, and they're moving from Adidas to Under Armour to Nike uh, to basically the highest bidder. So they, you know, at times, even though these guys have great work ethics and great people, there's a sense of entitlement and and almost a rite of passage that you know this is the destination. Well, we know the destination is only for a very few, and this is the most exclusive club in the world. But the international uh, model right now is producing the most complete players and probably the young people that are most ready to deal with uh, what the NBA uh, has to experience.
3: Okay, but explain, does does the American system adapt to what is being taught to these international players? Because they are, it feels like, fundamentally sound, footwork, passing, handling the ball, and they come over here with those skills, whereas it feels like maybe the American players aren't as well-rounded
5: you know, part of it is, well, you know, all these young, talented American players have their own workout guys, per se, but I think we're the international players. They have the workout guys within a team concept. They understand how to play with other good players. They understand spacing better. They understand flow better. They understand good, better, best to get the right shot. They understand, you know, a lot of ways they're not as self-centered and more team-centered. And that goes back to the – players and the people that they're surrounded with. But yeah, I mean, it, it's re- it's really hard because uh, it's been a process. Think about when LeBron James came into the NBA, how many players were impactful in the European players in the NBA. Think about the NBA now when we have five straight international players or MVPs. MVPs. Think about the future of Canadian basketball and all the great yeah. players. Running. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, you know, David Stern's vision for the NBA is a reality today. It's it's a reality. And uh I think that the the Europeans especially have created uh look what's like think about last night PJ Carlisle gave me the stat. There are more players from France. From France uh in the in the NBA than than anywhere else but in North America. <laughs> Now Uh, think about that. That's crazy. I think there were five players from France last night that were drafted.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, plus you don't have to be a great college player anymore to get drafted, right? You just have to. It's a futures market. Yeah. Yes. 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 It's a
5: future. It's a like we're in Europe, Dan. Like here's the deal: in in Europe, you get paid on as a player in general. You get paid, paid on productivity in the NBA. It's the it's futures market. It's, it's not where you are, but it's where you're going. And the draft is a futures market. It's all projecting where guys are and how good can they be in their second contract. Talking and to- you know, if you, if you can do that, like look at Jokic. you know, just in terms of the yeah, I mean, I NBA, mean, like think about where he was and then where he is.
3: We're talking to Seth Greenberg. He's a college basketball analyst for the Mothership. But I'm also wondering about that. It's a copycat league. When Golden State started being Golden State, everybody wanted to have players who could be like that. Uh, now you have the Joker. Uh, can you can you find Jokers around the world? Uh, no, you can't. The guys should have been in the NBA three years in a row. Three
5: consecutive years. No, I mean, he's a unique, unique talent. All that conversation in the middle of the season about the Joker, the guy is a unique, unique talent. That skill set doesn't come from everyone. You know, just like that, everyone can be LeBron. Everyone can't be Kobe. Everyone can't be Joker. I mean, that's just the way it is. That's a unique, incredibly gifted player. Think about his hands. Think about how soft he, his hands are around the basket. Think yeah. about his vision and seeing plays before it happens. Uh, no, but I'll tell you what the model now. Let's face it, the model of the Heat, and the model of, of 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 Denver. All right, high character, fiercely competitive, guys that play for each other, guys that buy into roles and 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 organizations that have great cultures and hold each other accountable. Now that starts at the top. Starts at the top, but I mean, to me, that's the lesson. Is Look at the look at the culture of the two teams that made it to the championship.
3: What are the Warriors doing with Chris Paul? I
5: don't know, man. I tell you one thing, Dan. I, I can't figure that one out. That is an absolutely awful fit to me. All half court, they want to. They're small now. They became smaller. He needs the ball. Obviously, that's a ball movement, people movement uh, team. I, that that to me. Uh, quite except if it's a financial thing where they cleared out uh, Jordan Poole, that that one didn't make any sense to me.
3: Yeah, they didn't want Jordan Poole back. I don't think if you're going to have Draymond back, and and I keep thinking exactly. what I was told is Chris Paul will be your your point. He'll lead up the second unit, and and having he's that, to do it. what
5: if he's willing to do it?
3: Yeah, well, I I I hope he would be willing to do it if he wants to play. You know, for a championship, you know, finally get a ring. This is what we – it's like Russell Westbrook. He didn't want to come off the bench, mm-hmm. but he needed to come off the bench. And Chris Paul is mm-hmm. probably going to have to accept that. I can't imagine you have Clay Thompson, Steph, and Chris Paul on the floor for very uh, many minutes.
5: No, I – you know, like, they. he's just – to me, it's just a bad fit. Yeah. I mean, it's a bad fit, uh, except for the financials. That, you know, now you freed up money to you know, to to sign maybe Draymond and maybe get another piece. Uh, you know, I mean, you cleared off a lot of money off of uh, off, off your, your your ledger. So, but I just don't see that as a fit. I don't see it as a fit in terms of chemistry. I don't see it as terms in terms of making them better. It doesn't make them better.
3: Give me the draft pick that you love that maybe we don't know as much about.
5: Derek Lively and uh, Omax for Dallas. They got two guys who can defend, run the floor, competitive, tough to complement mm. if they can ever get Kyrie and Luka to play together. I think those, that's a really good draft. Nick Smith and Brandon Miller in Charlotte. Nick Smith was a preseason projected top five pick. Yeah. He went, I think, you know, 20, what is it, 27, <laughs> I think, big time shot maker. So I think those two organizations I thought really filled needs. Charlotte and
3: uh, Dallas. And Dallas. Um, Before I let you go, what do you know of Popovich? Like, is he this going to extend him that he'll coach five more years? I I don't
5: know him, but speaking to PJ for the last two days, I think it's invigorated him. He loves coaching. He loves developing players. He loves developing teams. Uh, He's got a generational prospect. Uh, to build around, uh, I would think. He, again, I'm not speaking from any knowledge. I would think the opportunity to help him tr- that, you know, Victor transition and and compete at this level as much as he loves the Spurs. I would think he'll be around for a while.
3: All right, I got a couple of nicknames we've been working on with uh, Victor Wambayama. You got the mm-hmm. the French Prince instead of the Fresh Prince. You, <laughs> you, you got the French. Chise instead of the franchise, and, I, I, and what's the last one? goat <laughs>
5: I'll tell you one thing. I can listen to the, the we, we we interviewed five French guys yesterday. Yeah. You know after the draft, yeah. I can listen to those guys talk all day. <laughs> the accent's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, like I, I I don't I hope after they walk away from us they don't talk like this to the Bronx. But I mean, like those guys, I could listen to those dudes talk all day, you know, because you always, because a while like, you fake that. It's almost like you go to an Italian restaurant and a guy kind of gives you a little bit of an accent, and then they go and put your order, and he goes, Hey, Joe!
3: I need the Parmesan now! <laughs> Good to talk to you, Seth. I know you've had a busy yeah, uh, busy you, day. Thank, Thank, you. You, yeah. Thank you, buddy. Seth Greenberg, ESPN College basketball analyst. Former coach. Yeah, those kids come off as polished. Uh, you know, most of them did last night. Like, really just Sit down, ask me a question, I give you a thoughtful answer. I like the mothership had their siblings on or mom and dad on. It was good. I just didn't, I don't like when everybody loves everybody's draft pick. Like, oh, okay, I can see, you know, NFL. I like when somebody goes, I don't get it. This one surprises me. Like, you know, Seth's reaction to Chris Paul, that's sort of what you want where you go, I don't understand this. Or why would you do this? And I go back to Mel Kuyper did this to the Colts. And that was with, uh, who was that? Uh, Trev Alberts out of Nebraska, Trent Dilfer. And that's where he's like, he passed on Dilfer and took Trev Alberts, I believe. And he goes, I don't know what the Colts are doing. But it you know it's one of those moments that you remember because it was refreshing and it was honest. And that's what I want. Now I don't want you to be critical of the kid because you got to be careful with that, but you can you can look at what the team is doing and and wonder what their philosophy is moving forward, or is that the right fit, or that's not the team that he should be going to. But it was, it felt like everybody had a great pick last night. Yes, Paul.
2: Going back to how you said the players see more polish, and Seth said the same thing. This G League Unite, if you read more about him. They focus not just on getting you in shape for the draft, on the court. They have financial literacy courses. They're going to work with you. They have you meet with financial planners, legal planners, media advisors.
3: Yeah, but this is what I've been saying college basketball should be doing. If you're going for six months, how about I get you ready for your next job? I mean, this is what college is all about. I get you ready for your next job. If your next job is to be a professional athlete, then come on in. Here's the major. And this will teach you how to balance a checkbook. We'll teach you about real estate. We'll teach you about stocks. Teach, you know, Just because they're basketball players, don't treat them as a, different than a student. Make them more of a student. These are things that can help you when you get to the NBA. And the fact that they're doing this in the G League, I've been saying this for years. This is what Kentucky should be doing this. Come on in. I know you're not going to stay more than a year. But if you do, these are things that could help you as well. Yes, Eden. Yeah, I think the other thing that was interesting too that sort of goes
0: along with this, but you and Seth were talking about how the European players are coming over and seem more of a final product, uh, and a little more put together in terms of like a t- complete package as a player. Yeah. And I think that's because in the United States, athleticism is rewarded more than technical ability at an early age, yeah. where the bigger, stronger, faster kids are picked over the smaller kids, and there's less of an emphasis on technical ability, whereas in Europe, I think at a younger age, they focus more on your technical ability uh, and how to handle the ball and things like that, and then you grow into a player
3: rather than sort of the other way around. And teaching small things. I remember going to Wisconsin Green Bay, and Tony Bennett's father was the coach. He was teaching his players. We were at Butler Fieldhouse, and they were doing a drill because I was going to do the basketball Play by play. And they were, he was teaching pick and roll, where you go down, you set the pick and you roll. And this was midway through the season. He's teaching the fundamentals. Now, I know that that's not exciting, sexy. Anybody wants to do that. But here was a teacher. And that's what I'm curious. Are we able to teach that athlete who's only there for six months Uh, or AAU? You know, they already they have their social media following. Like they 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 want to make highlights. It's not, hey, I want to do the right thing. Watch when a shot goes up. Next time in a game, how many times somebody actually boxes out? Never happens. No, Never. no. just find your man. It's really simple. But but these are small things: pick and roll, backdoor cut. I know it it sounds boring, and nobody wants to watch that, but. The Joker is the best player in the world right now because of subtle things that he does. He's the opposite of social media star, a highlight reel on Center. He's none of those things. But if you play the angles, as I've talked about for years, understand the game, the geometry of the game. And he understands that. But you find that there are players who are already really good at footwork, handling the ball. And passing the ball, just those things, basics. But I don't know if those are emphasized as much anymore. Yes, Eden. And that's the the
0: work part of it, right? The yeah. Putting in the work on the boring stuff is what ultimately then makes you great, right? It's the when you the kids are sitting last night on the couch and they're like, "Man, all the work that I put in," uh, you know, it's that kind of stuff that gets you to a whole other level. It's just working on the boring stuff.
3: I think Michael Jordan became even better because he played for Dean Smith. He was at North Carolina. He was there for a few years and understood we're going to teach concept. If he had gone AAU and gone to, uh, G League, then he wouldn't have been as refined as he was. Isaiah Thomas played for Bob Knight. He, he was a refined basketball player. Bill Walton played for John Wooden. Uh, you know, Tim Duncan four years in college. Uh, the guys who played for Coach K, understanding the basic fundamentals. It's not exciting and nobody wants to do it, but those things can still matter in today's NBA. Yeah, Marsh.
4: Yeah, AAU basketball, it's no practice. We're going to play four games today. Yeah. Go to sleep. Play four games. It seems like they just play. I don't even know if they actually practice at all during AAU season. I'm sure they do, but it's not teaching pick and rolls or anything like that or boxing out.
3: And it's not just basketball teaching fundamentals. It's baseball. You know, baseball used to be about the little things that you do. But it's not get the runner over, hit the relay man, be able to bunt. You know, those it just doesn't matter anymore. And the game suffers because of that. But you're looking for what you do well and fundamentally sound. You know, Tim Duncan's nickname was the big fundamental, okay? (laughs) It doesn't scream out, hey, show me a highlight there. But he was one of the ten greatest players of all time because he understood the game. Bill Russell, he was athletic, he wasn't a great scorer, couldn't shoot, but he understood the game. He understood angles and concepts there. You know, the great players, you know, Magic understood that. Magic wasn't your great athlete. He was just six nine, understood what he did really well, and played the angles. Well, yeah, Paul.
2: If you watch Tim Duncan, if you watch I guess I don't even say highlights is the right word. He really had two kind of moves, and you knew they're coming. He'd turn around and bank it, or he'd go up and under, and it's one of the two. He'd wait for you to decide which one you're going after, and he'd do the other. It's like Mariano, Mariano Rivera pitching. You know what's coming, and you better hit it because it's gonna be you're
3: gonna be zero and one. Yeah, you can't do anything about it.